This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. We're back with episode 142 of TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Conning Jr. With me as always is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, on this edition of Impact, December 3rd, we have our first ever NWA world title match on television. Jeff Jarrett defending against Monty Brown. Is tonight the night where the alpha male becomes the alpha champion? Or is it going to be King of the Mountain again? Well, there's going to be a couple different ways that this could go tonight, Bob. Jeff Jarrett's either going to be feeling that pounce. Or the fucking outsiders are going to come in and just beat the shit out of Monty Brown. And it's just going to end poorly. I thought you were going to say maybe Monty Brown would feel the stroke. Or Monty Brown could feel the stroke. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely an option. It's not going to be a clean finish, though, right? No, absolutely not. And I think, honestly, the best thing they could do is have it end where it's like, okay, there's definitely going to be a rematch, and then we can look forward to a rematch. Right. Um, I mean, this is uh, maybe this is part of the Rhodes new regime here is Booker um, that we're teasing this huge heavyweight title match on the Go Home Show to Turning Point, our second three-hour monthly pay-per-view. Uh, literally in two days, so I'll just say it now, guys. If you are uh, listening on December third, in two days we're covering Turning Point. You're not going to want to miss it. But I don't know. It, we'll we'll see what happens. I I don't want to get too excited or too disappointed yet. I want to see how it plays out and uh, see where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, if Monty Brown were to win the championship tonight. Uh, I would uh, I would assume that his match with Abyss at Turning Point would then be for the NWA World Title in a Serengeti Survival match, which would be pin submission or you get slammed onto some fun facts. Oh baby, what a what an interesting stipulation for a World Title match could that be? Right, and I think that uh, if I know TNA well. If that does happen, the match will end uh, with a pinfall, and we will not see the thumbtacks be used just because they hyped up the fact that thumbtacks would be used. Yeah, I guess that would kind of make sense. Uh, it's, like, last... it's, like, it's like at a wrestling show when they bring out a table, and then they don't use and it. And they don't use it. <laughs> it does happen quite a bit. Uh, last week on Impact, uh, which I'm sure Dallas will get into, or I guess we can maybe just get into it now. Um, the main event of that saw Scott Hall defeating AJ Styles. Uh, the lead into that was AJ Styles punching Scott Hall uh, in the locker room when Scott Hall opened the door, and he collapsed into 
a towel wearing Kevin Nash, and we almost saw Big Daddy Cool. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. We almost I'm, got some Diesel Power. I'm still not convinced we didn't see it. We very well could have. Listen, this footage is a little older. It's hard to tell. It was so quick. Sometimes you on TV, you get those quick things. It's like when you have a wardrobe malfunction. It happens. Technically, this was a wardrobe malfunction. I mean, he had a towel, except then he, he when he fell back, his legs opened, um, which is a little different than like a nipple coming out. But yeah, yeah. listen, it was a it might be might be up there in my top 10 Kevin Nash moments. Now, the tanning sunglasses, the towel. Just chilling, waiting for some broccoli cheddar soup that Scott Hall was going to order. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Uh, American Most Wanted defeated the New York Connection, which was Glenn Gilberti and Johnny Swinger. We had a non-title three-way, um, which saw Chris Saban defeat Michael Shane and the X-Division champion Petey Williams when Saban pinned Petey Williams with the Crail Shock. Michael Shane was literally there just so that this was not basically a, a trial run of the uh, turning point title match. That's pretty much what it was. Uh, Raven was scheduled to fight Vordell Walker, but instead Diamond Dallas Page came out, cut a promo, bragged about being world champion that Raven never was, but Raven was in fact a world champion because he was ECW world champion uh, for the better part of almost two years off and on, but it happened before DDP won his title in 1999. But who's keeping track? I guess ECW technically doesn't count because they wrestled in a bingo hall and were, for the most part, a localized company for the majority of the run there. But whatever. Uh, Hector Garza defeated Kid Cash. And then Ryan Killings defeated Bobby Roode as well. So, and again, in the main event, Scott Hall. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, not a bad show. I'm really looking forward to today's show. The it, first show booked by Dusty Rhodes, in case people are just joining us. Yeah, if you're just joining us, we learned that Dusty Rhodes is the booker. Um, as of last week. Um, and yeah, and this show that we're about to watch was taped on the same day. And now... You're wondering why. Well, we talked a lot about cost-cutting measures last week and all kinds of stuff like that. So if you uh, want to hear all the details about that, check out last week's episode if you have not. Uh, but that kind of leads us right into my first note, which um, I'll still – it's pretty much kind of Dave breaking down the first part of the taping. Um, I can I can kind of go over it anyways because uh, he kind of goes in a little more detail. Uh, but, yeah, they taped two weeks of TV on November 23rd. Now – this is really weird, Bob. One is for a special November 30th show at 4 p.m. And you're like, what the? What do you mean? Well, that's because November 26th was preempted on FSN for college football. Oh. So technically, the November 26th show, our episode still came out November 26th. I'm still, that's still how we're just doing it. And um, yeah, we're going to refer to it as that, even though it aired technically uh, November 11th. Or sorry, sorry, November 30th. I looked down right as I saw the 11. <laughs> okay. um, as well as they also taped today's show, the December 3rd show. Um, so it's all angles leading into the pay-per-view. It's also Rhodes' first two shows as Booker as direction questions are answered and direction questions are answered. 
Um, as Bob mentioned, Styles sucker punched Hall to start the show, which led to the TV main event. They also asked fans to vote on their website if they wanted to see the WWE footage or the footage of WWE stuff shown on the pay-per-view. Dave says, I don't know about this one. So he's, he's not sure. Um, from what he gathered, the footage was nothing special. Now, WWE does own the likeness of its characters, and putting any of them on during a pay-per-view is a lawsuit TNA will lose. So uh, we will find out what happens. And as we've noted in the past, Bob Carter, Jerry Jarrett said, we got lawyers to do it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, we do know that Saban... Uh, you know, in that three-way match, he did, in fact, counter the Canadian Destroyer into the cradle shot to get that pin uh, for the third time. Uh, during that Raven DDP argument, uh, Paige's ex-wife Kimberly was used in the argument, as well as Eric Watts. Uh, and, of course, Raven's two disciples uh, in the Druid outfits um, went after DDP, but he gave them both diamond cutters. Um, nothing special noted here about Hector Garza pinning Kid Cash. Um, just besides Michael Cheney, Frankie Kazarian's interference being uh, backfiring. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Red, Sanjay Dutt, and others made the save after that. Uh, in the Ron Killings uh, Bobby Roode match, Eric Young and Beach James got involved to set up that tag team title match at Turning Point because Conan is injured. He sent a video saying Ron Killings is going to he's gonna take my spot, as if we and already kind of assumed that was the case, but we're not really going freebird rules here, I guess. And then uh, after Jarrett hit Styles with the guitar shot that allowed Hall to get the pin, they beat on him until everyone in the locker room came out, including, that's right, once again on impact, the macho man, Randy Savage. Uh, and it's noted here, now not on the show, but apparently backstage, he didn't wear the big coat in the 85-degree weather this week, but he did have a long sleeve shirt on. So, breaking news, guys. Randy Savage with his tiny arms. He's wearing the long sleeve shirt. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, okay. We have a bunch of stuff to cover here, including a very fun uh, Kid Cash interview that I will get to. Uh, that's oh, the, no, yeah. That'll be Yeah, that'll be the last thing we discuss before we get into the show. So let's uh, cover a, a bunch of stuff before that. Some really interesting stuff, including uh, Dusty Rhodes's introduction as Booker to the locker room. So, one moment, we'll get there in just a second. Uh, according to several sources, the Carters and Panda must have given Jerry Jarrett the word that they wanted to pull out, mm. uh, and not in the way that he probably would have wanted. Uh, Jarrett has told people he's on a time limit to find a new ownership group. The company has booked a um, February 13th pay-per-view date, which is the last pay-per-view date on the schedule at this point. It's said that Jerry has gone to Bob Carter and suggested before pulling out to put himself in charge of the company, and he'd be able to make it financially viable through cost-cutting. That's very unlikely to happen since Bob's daughter has the position in charge of those financial decisions, which is why there was surprisingly little advertising uh, for the for Victory Road, the November 7th pay-per-view. So pretty interesting stuff there. We will see if uh, Panda is ready to pull out here in early 2005. So we'll find out. My, would, gut, uh, my, my gut says uh, it might not happen. But, I, I don't think so. 
Uh, but yeah, that'd be pretty uh, not good. Yeah, no kidding, would not be not. It'd be pretty not good. Uh, it'd be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, the rumor against all odds pay per view for uh, February thirteenth would in fact be the last show. They would be against all odds because they'd have no money. <laughs> Which of course in wrestling might be an issue. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Okay, are you ready for this Dusty Rhodes thing, man? We we actually have quite a bit about Dusty Rhodes here um, to start. Uh, so when Dusty Rhodes was introduced, he gave a football coaching speech to the talent, and Dave said that Dave says that he's heard very mixed reactions. Oh. So uh, some said that it was like a college football coach rah rah speech, but others said uh, said people were not at all positive. It was even compared to the famous Eric Bischoff speech where he said that Hogan, Savage, and Piper were the only ones in the company who had ever drawn money, so nobody had a right to complain. Which, of course, at the time pissed off the entire locker room. Uh, Rhodes got heat by saying that he heard that there was a lot of heat because of how Hall and Nash came in, uh, got top spots, and in particular, when Nash went way too long in the interview, had nothing to say. Uh, Rhodes said that he's tired of hearing complaints about Hall and Nash, saying they had proven themselves at a top level, and said thanks to Hall, Nash, and Savage, the company drew a good buy rate. Uh, some say he lost credibility right there because nobody even knew Savage was going to be on the show. Uh, so uh, him being there had zero effect on the buy rate. Plus, others thought it was a slap in the face as he was insinuating that there were that they were the reasons for the buy rate and took some, uh, and some took it, like he was saying, they were the only proven stars in the company. Uh, there was a ton of skepticism given on his track record. Now, Rhodes has booked out his major storylines as much as six months in advance because he's an old-school uh, proponent of knowing where he's going and telling longer stories. He's into a lot of mystery stuff, and like Russo, is into copying from movies he's seen. The difference is, from those who know both, Russo copied with no idea of how to tie skits into anything that had wrestling intrigue, while Rhodes has a level of depth of knowledge that Russo never understood. But he's also the product of a decade plus before. Uh, Rhodes said that the biggest problem in the company is the lack of communication, which many agreed with. Uh, and Dave even notes that that's the biggest problem in WWE as well at this point. Uh, for example... Things were so bad that even though the company had been told by FSN that the November 26th show was canceled, whoever got word didn't feel like it was important enough to let people know. Keith Mitchell, who does production, didn't find out until he called FSN to coordinate satellite time for the November 26th show and was told, don't you know, you don't have a show. <laughs> On the November 19th show, even though the company knew, although almost nobody was aware of it because when Keith Mitchell doesn't know, uh, and he's the one who does the coordinates. Uh, you can imagine how few were let in on it. Uh, nobody felt it was important enough to announce on air that next week's show would be airing on the following Tuesday. So that's the 30th. That's what ended up happening because it was late. And they didn't even tell us. I had, I had no idea. Um, continuing with some Dusty Rhodes stuff. Uh, Rhodes' new philosophy is to run fewer matches on TV and to make matches longer and try to slow down the X Division matches Whoa. with the old make-the-spots-mean-more ideas. Uh, he's also emphasized letting guys have more interview time and that the guys who can't pick up the slack on their interviews will eventually be replaced by those who can. The positive is that a lot of the wrestlers uh, 
not knowing long-term angle or yeah, not knowing he made a typo long knowing long-term angles. So hopefully in knowing where they're going, they can tell the stories as opposed to the past where the top guys may have a two to three weeks of knowledge of where they're going. Most everyone else didn't know until they showed up for TV. Uh, the negative on roads is that is the same as many not recognizing what shouldn't be on TV. He booked Scott Hall versus AJ Styles for a TV main, but Hall was a good, and now this is Dave Meltzer all saying this, Hall was a good 20 pounds overweight and looked to have aged, which is if none of us do. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. I hate some, I hate some of this what shit. Is that, what does that even mean? He's aged. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, get ready, because it only gets worse. I'm just yeah, reading it to, right. to cover uh, what what is said here, but... Um, it's always, it's always fun to see our opinions versus Dave Meltzer's opinions because they're usually different. I don't. I would never tune into a show that Scott Hall is on in 2004 and then be like, "Ah, oh, damn, he's aged." He's aged. <laughs> he doesn't look like Razor Ramon from 1994. Damn, yeah, what a shame. Well, don't worry because he says that part of the problem was that he was wearing those small WCW tights from when he was in shape at 245, and it only accentuated his gut because the tights were four sizes too small. So that's what that's what Dave Meltzer has to say about that. Uh, but he does go on to say that all, all that was accomplished was Styles having a bad match that people less interested in buying the pay-per-view. Um, the feeling by some is they exposed that Hall can't do anything before the pay-per-view. The funny thing was, the live fans were super into the match, chanting Let's Go AJ, alternating with the Let's Go Scott Hall, like it was a classic. Now, I personally don't think it was that bad of a match. Like, no, it was I wasn't. I wasn't sitting there like, "Wow, I'm not going to watch Turning Point because of this," mm-hmm. which I think part of that can go to AJ. And I also don't think AJ had a bad match. Yeah, just... no, it was not a bad match. I don't know. I mean, I, it just sounds like we're just trying to hate on Scott Hall just to hate on him. Right. That's kind of. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, is he out of shape? Is he not in shape? I mean, he didn't look horrible, but is he peak Scott Hall? Of course not. Is he also, is he not eight years older than, like 10 years older than what we probably remember him as? Yeah, he is. Well, I mean. No shit. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be on television. Yeah, I agree. Um, My next note here. Um. it's, it's said here that a lot of people were also mad because nobody was told directly exactly how their pay will be affected by the double tapings. Now, in fact, it wasn't even a sure thing that the company would even address to the wrestlers the new taping schedule, other than that they posted a note in the locker room listing upcoming dates for December as 12-5, which is the pay-per-view, 12-7, and 12-21, and left it to the guys to deduce that meant taping every other week. Eventually, after, after uh, coaxing from some veterans who said it had to be addressed, they called a meeting, which was where Rhodes introduced and gave his speech. Um, It may not even be a sure thing, but since Panda is looking at cutting costs wherever possible, it's known that the wrestling side tried to make it so wrestlers who came in for a taping would be paid the equivalent of two shows instead of one, so the wrestlers and announcers wouldn't get their pay cut in half, which would be one that would be received poorly. Um, I thought it was that they would get paid for every show they were on. Yeah, so well, it would be yeah, so yeah, they'd get paid for the equivalent of two shows instead of one. Yeah, so I mean, if these people didn't know, 
Are they not paying attention to what they've said? Well, they didn't. They didn't tell them this yet. That's the problem. <laughs> they haven't told them yet. Well, that's until this meeting. They called the meeting. So yeah, they didn't know yet until they they called this meeting because people were like, "You need to talk about this." Uh, okay, so they were maybe under the assumption that the two tapings would still count. Would cut their date. Yeah. Okay. Cut their money. Yeah. Uh, Panda hadn't approved of that last word now. So the, this pay thing, though, Panda hasn't approved. Now, Bob Ryder told the wrestlers at the November 23rd taping that they would all be getting paid for two shows this time. He said, quote, at this time. This. Uh, with the important words being this time. Right. Uh, lots of people are nervous because the TNA gig, if you make $500 a week plus a pay-per-view, is about uh, $2,500 per month. It's not livable on its own, but it's a base. Uh, if cut down to $1,500, it makes a big difference. Uh, for those who don't get outside indie work, and these guys, uh, and these are the guys who need this the most, they'll be the first ones hurt. Uh, now, the fact that Conan would miss a pay-per-view show to work Mexico tells you a lot about the long-term uh, confidence in things here. Hmm. So, it is pretty interesting. So, I don't know. I was just doing quick math here. Oh, yeah. If you were making $2,500 uh, $2, per month, now this is before you made your cut, and we had the pay-per-view, so this would be like 2005. You'd be making about $30,000, which uh, is not probably great, especially in Orlando. If people are living there with the travel and all that, it's right. not really great. Right. Um, Bob, it's time. It's time for the Kid Cash interview. Oh, jeez. This is my last note before we get into the show, uh, so it's a little bit less than last time. I do have a couple things we'll bring up during the show. Nothing super crazy, I don't think, uh, but got some stuff to talk about. Why not? Um, okay. He, he doesn't know how to stop, I guess, but Kit Cash will be back in the doghouse after an interview in this month's Power Slam magazine in the UK. Um, when asked if he's unhappy, he said, quote, it's the politics, the favoritism, and every other company I've worked for. And I've been around for a long time. Or, 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 I've been around a long time. There was always room for advancement. Um, and he, Dave notes, well, his memory of his stay in WCW must have vanished. But uh, he also says that's your main goal in any oh, job. Oh, hang on a minute. That's what Dave says. He said about his WCW run. Yeah, he said. I guess his memory. Kid Cash was there for like two months. <laughs> Give me a break. He was there by, what, January of 01, maybe even February, and they were to close up by March. So he couldn't even possibly experience the politics and all the bullshit. Give me a fucking break. Can you tell you a Kit Cash's quote? Uh, he says, that's your goal in any job, to advance. That's my goal. But in TNA, that doesn't seem possible because they've already selected the people they're going to be pushed. Most companies have their chosen ones. I understand that. But most companies allow the other talent, the true talent, to advance. And he, Dave, once again, um, throws the WCW thing in there. Um, TNA doesn't allow that. Even when you watch the advertisements for Impact, they only advertise Jeff Jarrett, Raven, America's Most Wanted, and AJ Styles. Uh, and then he kind of just pulls out a bunch of different quotes here. So I'm going to kind of go through it because I don't think, I think these are all just quotes from Kid Cash. Um, and they kind of go in order, but... Uh, Bob Ryder asked me if I watched the television show, and I told him that I did, but I don't anymore because you can't even tell I work for TNA. <laughs> they don't even have an explanation for anything. 
Uh, I've taken a lot of flack over the years because I tell you what's on my mind. Or he's talking to TNA management. Uh, never tells you anything straight. Now, TNA wants credibility. They want the company to be credible enough to run with WWE. So they start realizing that the only thing that people are tuning in for is to watch the X Division. When I was in the X Division, it was exciting. But it was guys like me, Jerry Lynn, Christopher Daniels, Elix Skipper, guys who know how to wrestle uh, the cruiserweight style and tell a story in a match. Now you have guys who are over, uh, over in over their heads who are buddies with people in the office. Don't get me wrong. Some of these kids are good, but they have not one ounce of ring psychology. They take a big bump off the top rope, and what do they do? They kip right up. They have no selling ability, no microphone ability. The only thing they can do is big spots, but they can't even do their spots where they're supposed to go. If you watch an X Division match, all you see is a cluster of moves. Uh, TNA claim they don't have money in their budget to pay wrestlers decent wages. They should pay us at least what we're worth. And then finally here, he says, TNA says they can't pay more because it's not in the budget. But they can bring in different people like Lex Luger, of all people, a washed-up guy with more demons in his closet than he can deal with. Uh, and then he also uh, apparently complains how TNA can pay Hall and Nash $50,000 each and not give him a few hundred dollar a week raise. Uh, he said he's asked to get a release a few times and been turned down, but wouldn't go to WWE if they offered him a developmental deal. Well. You know what you know what Jeff Jarrett's uh, response would be to that, right? What's that? Well, <clears throat> they can pay Hall and Nash that money because Hall and Nash are proven draws. Right. What kind of buy rate has a kid cash main event ever given us? <sighs> exactly. But now here's my but here's now my point as a fan is that I probably prefer and, and enjoy kid cash more than hall and nash in the ring at this point oh in the ring yeah i mean come on so i mean that. i do think that this interview in particular is is more um uh what's the word constructive i feel like it's not as like uh they're like doing sexual favors in the back right yeah andy douglas or whatever is giving blowjobs so they can get tag team title runs or whatever the fuck he's trying to say. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, you know, he definitely shits on people. And, I mean, I think he's talking about the X Division. It's pretty clear who he's most likely speaking of here because people highlight in the X Division right now. I mean, you got P.D. Williams, you got Chris Sabin, Sanjay Dot. Yeah, but, you know, the only thing that... But that's, talking... All, that's talking about, like, the thing with that is he's talking about, oh, they're just doing big spots and stuff, and they're being buddies with people in the office. And I think... That might be potentially a reference to, I mean, Scott Demore is kind of helping the agent stuff, isn't he? Kind of doing stuff like that. I mean, is it kind of just referencing that potentially? I mean, but I don't know. Isn't Kid Cash, like, when he was in the exhibition, they were still doing, like, stupid spots and then just yeah. kipping up. So I, don't, I also don't feel it, like It'd probably be different if, if he was a champion. Like, it's no big deal. But I also feel like they're not doing that, like, all the time. No. I don't know. Are, um, there, are there definitely moments where they should let something, like, breathe? Sure. But when you're on TV and you have a four-minute match, you, you don't have the luxury of selling a top-rope Hurricane Rana. Right. I don't know. 
It's uh, pretty interesting. I don't know if he's going to get as much heat for this one, though. I mean, he said a lot worse stuff before uh, that we've covered in the archives. Take a listen to that. And we've straight up asked uh, even Chris Harris about it. You guys can check that out in archive, too, if you haven't listened to our Chris Harris interview. Um, show Chris Harris. Friend of the show, Chris Harris. Uh, so this one wasn't as mind-blowing. However, uh, he definitely ser- says some uh, interesting stuff. I also think the Lex Luger comment was pretty interesting because um, they brought him back to do, like, an interview. And, like, that was that. Yeah, well... I mean, I, I agree with him about the whole bringing them in for 50 grand and I can't get a couple hundred extra dollars. I agree with that, yeah. I mean, I you should take care of your talent that's there before you bring in guys that are making four times the amount that they're making. Right. I agree. So, I mean, I don't think that's, a, I don't think that's too much to ask. And if someone wants to get, you know, if someone wants to be released... You're better off just letting them go. Don't keep that negative energy around. If you're not even going to do anything with Kid Cash other than have him be the guy hitting people with coconuts like it's freaking 1984, <laughs> you're probably yeah. not getting the greatest value of it. Right. So Just let him go do his own thing. Yep. But here we are. And, uh, wow. That, that's all I got. Um. I'm uh, I'm really excited about the show. Our go home show, heavyweight title match. Will Kid Cash be in the doghouse? Will Jimmy Snook and Roddy Piper eventually wrestle in tag team match? I don't know. We're hopefully getting all those answers on today's show. Will they waste one more date of Randy Savage's of his eight <laughs> coming out to say, "You guys are going down"? Oh yeah, and then that's it, and then we go off the air. Are they going to do that again? I wouldn't be surprised. Although. Yes, he, he's definitely going to be on the show. Because it's taped on the same day. It counts as one date. Right. I'm staying corrected. Um, I do think that we need... I did, like, was it two weeks ago when he, like, got physical with Jarrett and, like, punched him and stuff? That was better. I need that again. I need to see him drop an elbow on TV quick. There's, I don't think we're going to get an elbow drop. <laughs> I don't know if he can even do that. Well, I mean, his arm might shatter if it's so small. I don't well, know. I'm talking about more like his hips and knees, because like oh, in yeah, 99, he wasn't even bracing himself. He would just land on people. Then that's how Charles Robinson, Charles Robinson, like punctured his lung, because like Macho Man was like, I can't brace myself, so I'm landing on you. Oh. And at that time, I don't know if I knew about that. <laughs> and then at that time, Savage was like, what, 270, just gassed up steroid muscle, so. <laughs> We're done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, probably pretty bad. Uh, All right, right, let's get into it. The December third, two thousand four edition of TNA Impact. As I've said now, probably fifteen times over the past two weeks, it's the first ever NWA World Title match on Impact. Jeff Jarrett will be defending against Monty Brown. That is the main selling point here, and of course, as Dallas has said, this is the go home show before Turning Point which is taking place on December 5th. So a lot of implications here. The card could change. Remember, card is subject to change. Oh, God, don't say it. So let's see what happens here on Impact. I'm going to count down from three. When I say play, that's when you want to follow along. Head over to the Impact Plus app, or if it's in your own personal collection, that works as well. So here we go. Three, two, one. 
This is TNA. <laughs> Coming up today on Impact. Title is on the line. Biggest match in Impact history. Oh my God! Look at the Impact card picture. Oh. Oh my. Alpha God, male. They're, they're not even saying his name. It is Alpha male. Monty Brown. Stage twenty-one. Let's go. They need a new song so, so badly. Yeah, they really do. Do they still got Sabu in this video shit? Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, right there. That's so fucking weird. I would play Sabu with Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. You know, that's interesting that Hall and Nash are not in there yet. I just don't think they added their intro. Uh, I unfortunately do not have a crowd number for you because last week I also didn't. But they look pretty fucking full, so I'm going to say we're we're full. And Bob, once again, I didn't say it again uh, this week, but there's no explosion notes because we're kind of switching the format of the show. Right, because it's like a magazine thing now. Triple X coming out. Where's Skipper's jacket? Maybe he forgot it. Skipper is looking... Fucking shredded. Now, my question is Skipper 100% here after his concussion, essentially, that he got a feature road. I would have to assume that he's out of concussion protocol. I hope so. At this point. Looks like they're facing Sanjay Dutt and Amazing Red. Did I not? What do I do? Hmm. Um, They're hard selling turning point on commentary. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Bob, I'm going to call you on uh, indie notes here before it's halfway through the show. Well, I, I don't think there are really any. So I think I was looking oh. through, and then I don't think I really saw any. But let me, oh, double, okay. let me double check because for some reason my tabs weren't open, so I don't know. Hurricane Rana by Dutt after a double drop kick. Red hit knocked down both members of Triple X. Dutt's going after Daniels. He tags an amazing red. We're going to hear more about the situation with Raven and DDP. But right now. We're switching the focus to two of the very best tag teams in wrestling. America's Most Wanted, Triple X. Final chapter is coming up just in two days, Bob, at Turning Point. One team will be uh, disbanded forever. Yeah, oh, fuck will, yeah, uh... dude. Octopus stretch. Fuck yeah. Love yeah, that. you know what? I don't think there are any indie notes because I, I definitely went through. and then there, nice. there just wasn't anything. And I feel like that tends to be the case on pay-per-view weekends. Uh, Even though this was this was taped the same oh, day. Oh, that's well. I guess some of the people we probably already even covered too. But no, that's a good point though, because it's not. They're probably not wrestling too much that week before. Final match as a tag team. Very sad. I'm very sad about it. You can watch Dish Network, Directv, and all cable systems nationwide, 
or your own personal collection or Impact Plus. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'll double check before the pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure Turning Point is available for free on the Impact Wrestling YouTube channel. Oh, really? I'm almost positive. Uh, I feel like most of their pay-per-views are probably going to end up on there. A lot of the ones for us and over the next like year or so, yeah. Skipper slams Daniels onto red. And then Daniels plants the crowd before he rubs his forearm into Red's face. I'm actually surprised this match isn't over yet. I figured this was going to be a quick beatdown. Yeah, I could see it be more competitive because of Red and Dot. Yeah, that's a good point. We don't have actual, like, job guys in this one. Hopefully Vordell Walker gets another shot here on this episode. We can only hope. Irish whip, but uh, the knee was up there for red, and then Daniels clotheslined him. Oh, Monty Brown taking on Abyss as the champion. See, so they're even saying, could that Serengeti survival match? They know what I'm talking about. Oh, red kicks Skipper in the corner, rolls over, tags him Dutt. 10,000 tax, they're saying. Thousands. Sanjay's on fire here, but oh, primetime stopping him. Does he stay primetime for like the rest of his career? Um, no, I think he's also known as Skipper. Oh, Tilto World Tornado DDT. Going for the cover. Nope, Daniels breaks that up. My post, he's like, get the heck out of the ring. He drags uh, primetime over, though. He gets the tag. So now that Daniel and Skipper laying in some punches. Off the ropes. Back. Oh. Amazing red tagged in there for the Irish whip. Flatliner. Here comes Amazing Red. Oh, awesome. Does that springboard, like, flat flatliner. Going for code red. Oh, skipper hits a high kick. Roll through. That's a three. That was nice. Look, skipper runs or uh, prime time skipper, whatever runs and hits off the apron. Triple X runs out of there. We're backstage with AMW now with Shane Douglas. Six sides of steel. Two of the greatest teams in TNA history. You know, only one team will emerge. December the 5th, 2004. Two men's lives will change forever. Storm's talking. Saying the same thing. Two of the best tag teams in history. It's going to be a winner. It's going to be a loser. He said the same exact thing Shane Douglas just said. Harris says the most brutal match in history. The last time the four of us, you know, yeah, that's right. Daniels uh, was in the other cage match with him before, spilling blood. So let's see what's happened. Sunday night, turning point. The most critical stipulation for a tag team's career. 
One team will split forever. Takes off the sunglasses. Harrison Storm, we'll still be together. We'll still be the greatest tag team in professional wrestling. That was pretty. Uh, was pretty good. It makes you wonder though, because they went on to tea, You know, they wanted to break up them weeks into their feud. Or, sorry, weeks into their tag team is what I should say. Uh, early on, um, they tried again in two thousand three, and here we are again with the potential of it ending once again. Uh, we got a highlight package here. Um, and while we, while we got that going on, let me give you let me give you guys a little note action. Uh, TNA lost its TV in the UK, unfortunately, on the Wrestling Channel, effective on December fifteenth, according to Sean Herbert of the Wrestling Channel. The six, or sorry, the sides uh, had a two year deal. Now TNA was giving them the pay per view shows on a six month tape delay, with the excuse being that they don't want to send up to date shows for free television in the UK when the US fans have to pay for them. Uh, that wasn't a problem earlier this or, or earlier this year, as TNA was doing good numbers on the station. Uh, the ratings for TNA dropped, uh, which the station believed was the fan base realizing how far behind the tapes were. Of late, the shows were doing such poor numbers that it wasn't worth airing. Uh, the wrestling channel tried uh, to make a deal for up-to-date episodes on Impact, upping its offer to TNA, but they could not reach a deal. That was a nice little... Uh, so during this... AMW Triple X video package here. There's another uh, video of AMW yelling. Enjoy your last days as a team. Monty Brown doing push-ups in the back. Shane Douglas is uh, coming to talk to him. Few men, Shane Douglas. One man, one male. There's a genesis arising. He's at the genesis. He's at the precipice of greatness. Jeff Jarrett, it's over. Tonight, he will get the pounce. Oh, oh. period. But Abyss hits him in the back with a two by four. Shit. But this is bad. Oh, now we know what's going to happen. Monty Brown's going to come out with his tape, his uh, ribs taped up. No, Monty Brown talks about the, you know, the genesis for him, the the beginning. But we cover the genesis of TNA wrestling here, right on the podcast. He's stealing my words, which I also stole, kind of. It's a reference to a pay per view. Well, like a VHS tape, isn't it? Also, a a pay per view that's going to happen. It's called Genesis. No that's why. Word. That's why I thought of the name for, or the the description for the podcast because of the pay per view. <laughs> I do also have the Genesis of TNA Wrestling uh, VHS tape. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking. About. Uh, yeah, no, that's not where I got it from. But I also been? still don't know what's on the VHS tape. I got to figure it out. We got the Cage Girls back, but they're just standing at ringside. Yeah, but they're not the Cage Girls. They're just like weird ring girls. Yeah. Who in the world is this? I've literally no. I gotta get the card up. I don't know who this is. Matt even... Matt Mayer and Vance Desmond. 
They don't even give you a nameplate. That looks like they got, oh, skinnier Chris Vaughn. Oh, it's because Abyss. It does look like skinnier Chris Vaughn. But here, they're going to get murdered by uh, Abyss, who apparently his new weapon of choice is a 2 by 4 No, he's got the 2 by 4 the chain around his neck, and a bag of thumbtacks. Oh, you know what? <laughs> if uh, Eric Bischoff saw this, he'd say that there's too many gimmicks. Like he said for DDP back in, like, 96 when he had, like, the cigar and the glasses and... I mean, he is, his hands are full coming to the ring. Literally, they are, yeah. The thousands and thousands of thumbtacks. The bell has rung and Abyss is still doing his entrance. I don't know, dude. Vance Desmond and Matt Mayer. May have an advantage here. Uh, it's two on one. I don't know which one is which. I feel like Mayor is the guy in the orange. Okay, I was kind of thinking that as well. I also, it might say it on his pants, but I can't tell. Oh, oh he just launched him right up in the air. Oh, and another one. This is total devastation. Might need four or five guys to take on a best. That's probably accurate. Instead of just two. Uh oh. Shock treatment. And oh, good night. Mayor's not getting reelected. <laughs> no, that's Vance Desmond, he just said. What? Oh, switch him, switch him. Matt Mayer switch is in the him. white pants if you're watching along with us. I thought for sure it was the other way around, but I don't know. I was literally just guessing. Black hole slam for Mayor. He was not going to get reelected. He says something on his tights too, but you can't really read him, so. Oh, yeah, look, it does say Vance. Yeah, he pinned both of them. Do it again. again. Count them again. Just keep on counting them. Is Meyer Brown going to come out and attack him, or is he still laid out? Nah, he's still laid out. He might not even make it to his title match now. We would have got bait and switched, Bob. Oh, he almost just dumped the thumbtacks on them. Is he going to dump them out just for fun? No, he's not. This versus Monty Brown. Witness the madness. This is the present turning point. December 5th, guys, two days. Turning point is in two days. Pete Williams, Chris Saban, X Division Championship. The Destroyer against the Cradle Shot. Chris Saban has pinned Petey Williams on television. Which probably means he's going to lose at the Bay Rear. And then we also have the Steel Cage. Losing team must split up. Triple X against AMW. Six sides of steel. The second time these guys have wrestled inside of a steel cage. The first time back in June of 2003. A match that we had to watch twice. And then also <laughs> a six-man tag match. The Kings of Wrestling. Nash, Paul, and Jared. Taking on Styles, Hardy, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Bob, do you think that Turning Point looks better on paper than Victory Road did? Yes. I think so. It's pretty freaking good. 
seen a video of once again we're gonna see the we're gonna see the diesel power. There it is. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I also like how in the locker room the on around the locker room door that Jared got the first bill. Yes, Jared, I uh, I noticed that last week actually. They're showing the the uh, Randy Savage coming out with the whole entire roster, which is like wild. Well, the whole roster that was booked on the taping. You know, the whole face roster who was there. Uh oh. Uh oh. Kevin Nash's music. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I like this song. In action tonight? There is no way. Scott know. Hall's back wearing his uh, his monster shirt and his white tracksuit. Look at him dancing. Nah, he ain't wrestling. Scott Hall's got a microphone in his hand and Kevin Nash is in jeans. Is he going to cut another, like, 15-minute promo when it should have been just five minutes or what? Probably. Back in 1993, Shawn Michaels, Heartbreak Kid, he called me up. He told me to come on down. So I came down to Albany. So I came down. And I cost Marty Jannetty the icy strap. And for the next 18 months, we ran the joint until November of 94. When I beat Bob Acklin at the Garden. I, I hate that you fucking know the promo. And I was here for a year. I was a champion for a year. Why we jumped ship the... to WCW. And we, and we ran that joint with Hogan. You got it pulled up on your screen right now? No, I don't know. I just Dude, you fucking know the whole promo. He oh, shot the name shit. of the show. Oh, shit. Oh my god, that was so bad. The towel guy has a sign that says "Signed Ron Artest," and if anybody's wondering what that would mean, that was because before the show, Ron Artest was involved in a basketball fight with the crowd in Detroit. He was suspended. <laughs> oh, he said Chico. That's a lawsuit. This is the message, Chico. You follow Savage to the bus stop. Because the Kings are taking you to school. Oh boy, he's giving it to Kevin Nash. December 5th. A Genesis. Not Genesis, but a Genesis. It's not going to be Monty Brown. It's going to be the Kings of Wrestling. Because December 5th, we take over professional wrestling. A stranglehold. See, the last couple weeks, we've slowly... He's been smoking like a fine piece of Memphis rib. Slowly cooking. If you don't want to hear me talk, you might want me to sing. No. No, I don't think so. Monty Brown, I wrote you a little something. He's kind of... He's kind of doing like a little Elvis thing, Bob. Yes, he is. Tonight, you're going to fight... You got some ribs. You're going to take a 
I sang and you shut up. He's basically saying that he's going to get beat up. Kevin Nash is, says he controls you. He controls all of you. Bow to the kings of wrestling. Some people are, in fact, bowing in the crowd. There they are. Tonight it starts. The Genesis. <laughs> it's almost a bump. As he gets out of the ring. It was almost a bump on the house. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. He just took... Ca- uh, Scott Hall just took the camera. You shooting Scott me? Hall's doing a good job as a cameraman. I'm no longer big sexy. I'll be known as the Silver Fox. So that's got to be a joke about the... My hair is perfect. Dude. So good. Okay, come on, cameraman. We're taking the show over. Oh, shit. He looks at Don Lewis. Don't you have a knife to sell? Wow. Wow. Okay, now here comes Kid Cash, so... Um, I like that promo a lot better than the first one he cut. Yeah, yeah, that's better. He had like some emotion in it, and it wasn't like the whole story that Bob literally just said verbatim. Yeah. Uh, here comes Kid Cash. Who is he losing to tonight? You think? <laughs> well, this was—I don't know if it was out yet or not—the interview. Uh, but he's got the coconut. He's got the long jacket, the cowboy hat, and he's got his like biker short uh, attire uh, underneath. Okay. Oh, he's fighting Chris, uh, Chris Saban, Saban, who has a title match in two days. Well, speaking of Chris Saban, I have a note that relates to him. It's not, I, you know, it's it's about um, him and Petey Williams. And I don't know if we're going to see Petey. I'm sure we may after this match, but just to be safe. Uh, Petey Williams came up with the Canadian story move a few years ago in practice with Chris Saban. Um, and he, he's also said that the move is a lot safer than it looks. Uh, the funny thing is Amazing Red had come up with the move in 1998 in training, but never used it in a match. Uh, Petey Williams, who's 23 at this time, said that he's preparing for a career in law enforcement in Canada in case something happens with his wrestling career. Interesting. So, so it's kind amazing, of a weird note, but... So Amazing Red did it first, but it's never used it in the match. Right. Interesting. Tornado DDT to Kid Cash. That doesn't surprise me because Red does have the code red, which is pretty simple. Right, that's a really good point. But I also enjoy that he um, essentially ended up doing this move with Saban in training, which we've, of course, heard because of the story. They trained together. Um, so lots of lots of depth to this. I, I actually like it a lot. Cash drops Saban, throw first over the guard rail. And Bob, on our next video package that we get, unless it's during the middle of this match, I won't do it during that. Then I have some news about someone who's been backstage in Orlando. Stay tuned. God. And it's not Hulk Hogan this time. Billy Gunn. You'd argue bigger star. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. That's a joke. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. Goldberg. Goldberg. Who could be backstage, I wonder? Some chops in the corner here. Oh. Slap is, is there any indie notes, Bob? There's no indie notes for these guys. Oh, shit. Say, I checked before, and then I was like, why is there, there's, like, there's nothing. Nobody got booked. It's a shame. Oh. 
Tadak takeover. Kick to the head. He has the knowledge to counter the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, we know because he's done it. Oh. Oh, going oh, for that. That was Springboard cross body. We got drop kicked in midair. Trying to end it quickly. Some drop. If you guys are following along with us at home, we are at 24 minutes, 30 seconds, which means that we have 26 minutes, 52 seconds left in the show. And what also that means is, Bob, uh, our main event usually, when title matches here yeah. in Impact, have a 30-minute time limit. Oh, that's true, isn't it? DDT there again by uh, Saban, but like out of a twisting slam motion. Oh, cradle shot. Let's see. What? Oh! Oh, Cash countered it. What? Kid Cash just won by holding the tights in the counter. We saw a little Saban butt. That is bizarre. What the fuck was that? No way. Where's Dusty? Dusty's got to be coming out. Oh, he's yelling at this fan. They, uh, what no, the fuck? They just, just had Saban job out? Oh, it was dirty. I don't know, man. Come on. You've been, oh my God. You've been hyping up this exhibition title. Yeah, that wasn't good. For weeks. And then he loses, sure, a handful of trunks. I would have liked it better if he was distracted by Williams, I think. I think Williams should have been involved. Yes, I agree. Um. Well, Bob, it's video package. So backstage at Orlando shows of late has been the one, the only. Billy Gunn. Dale Torborg. Oh, my God, the <laughs> demon. <laughs> now, he's a lifelong fan who has always looked at getting back in, even though he has a career as a major league baseball coach. Yes, he is. Yeah, White Sox. What team is that for, Bob? Chicago White Sox, right? Wow, one of my favorites. I love White Sox. Okay. Likely story. Turning point. I don't even know what the White Sox are. Um, they do this. They do. They're in Chicago. That's true. Their logo they just says White Sox. They've been in two Super Bowls. Done this for a living. The turning. The turning point. point. The turning point. The turning point. All I live for a dream. I dare to dream. These video packages are phenomenal. Turning point. December 5th on pay-per-view. Welcome back to the Impact Zone. Poor Ash is clearly getting the crowd hyped up. It's good camera work. Oh, that's right. We want to hear, hear your voice. We have controversy involving TNA and WWE. They tried to welcome. They came to Universal Studios. They threatened to sue. Dusty Rhodes is allowing you to vote. So silly. Oh, they've already voted. So it's happening. We're airing the footage at Turning Point. Oh. He wants to see what's on the footage. Dusty Rhodes is going to hand deliver it. So they're saying turning point, things are really going to change. Tall Nash, she's talking about. 
Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, NWA title. It's coming up. Are you ready? Who's going to win? DDP and Raven. Another video package. I can't wait until we get to the point where it's not video packages and it's just like a pre-tape interview. Yeah, these are. There's a lot of video packages. It's just because it's the same ones. Like they don't really change them. These two hooded men. That's probably freaking uh, the guys we just saw, Vance and Mayer, or whatever their name was. Oh, it could have been. Or Vordell. This ain't over. Self high five. It's me. It's D D P. Self high five. Why is he got armband? Like, is he about to wrestle? He does. He's about to fight. He's like going into the crowd. He don't care. Colt the Raven, never bang. It's going through the crowd, taunting, people getting hyped. Self high five. Oh, Raven with a trash can. Oh, my God. Raven is wearing the shirt I have of his, and I love it. Love that Raven shirt. How did he not even notice? Well, he just punched the trash can, and now... Raven throws uh, throws him in the ring. This is supposed to be really personal. We're supposed to hear a little bit more about what's going on here. But The whole issue is that... Raven was never world champion, even though he was a world champion in ECW. And apparently Raven may or may not have been Kim. Maybe. And there's also some issue with Eric Watts that's weird. And not yeah, what is sure. the whole thing with Eric Watts about? I don't know what that's about. GDP uh, counters. Punch, punch, punch. Look at the Jabber. fight. Oh. Ducks are wild closing. Spins him. Disc is closed on by DDP. Bang. Oh. 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 See, smart. Don't let him get the cutter on TV. Gotta save something for the pay per view. D D P. See, smart. But Raven. Speak oh, of the devil. What does that have to do with anything? I have a note actually about Eric Watts here, Bob. What? Uh, He signed a five-year contract. Yeah, so he signed for a five-year contract. Uh, No. Uh, Apparently, he is partially back because of... uh, Back partially, I should say, because of DDP, uh, who had been friends with him for years since both trained at the power plant at the same time, and uh, DDP went bat for him. You know what that means? What's that? I think Eric Watts is going to turn on DDP, and we're going to get a blood feud. Oh, wow. 
Um, I have one more note, and I might as well just tell you now because we have a highlight package again, and then we can just enjoy this main event that's coming up. Uh, it's about Jeff Hardy, uh, who is said to now be in the best frame of mind since he's come. Dallas, what the fuck, dude? Last week it was, we're not really sure about his health, and now it's like, dude, he's cured. He's good to go. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, he showed up on time? No, this one is actually different. Um, Hardy gets along with Holland Nash because uh, when he was a teenager, being brought in to do jobs for WWF TV, Hall and Nash were always friendly with the Hardys and were again when they came uh, in here. Hardy had been pretty much told that he has, uh, he basically can't arrive late. So he, he he's going to do great as long as he gets to TV on time. So that's, that's still like up there. <laughs> Is... Monty Brown 100% after the attack earlier in the night. I don't know. We are 33 minutes and 16 seconds into the show. There's only moments left. Moments ago, I'm sorry, earlier today, he's attacked by Monster Biz with a 2x4 that he got off the board is in the back right there. I saw him right there. There's wood. They're getting ready for Serengeti survival. I mean, is this is well, how is this going to go for these guys? Ten thousand thumbtacks, pin submission. Up next, the main event, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Let's go. He's got his ribs. Oh, taken. his ribs are t- like I fucking said. The ace bandage. He's got his ace bandage. <laughs> What's going to happen here, Bob? Well, I'm going to say that Monty Brown is going to win the world title. The reign of Jarrett is over. He's not really selling the rings, by the way. He did when he came out. Yeah, but he should probably sell it the whole time. I mean, anytime you take a breath with your ribs taped up, I feel like you should be wincing. Oh, I mean, I'm got his classic gear on, dude. Look, I'm wincing when I breathe, and I don't have taped up ribs. I mean, Jeff Jarrett's literally wearing his WWF 95 gear right now. No, if you not. guys aren't watching this with us, you're not. missing out on quite the sight. He doesn't have his light-up light Double J hat on right now, okay? I don't know how you recover from a gimmick like that. You know, he that's did. a really good question. <coughs> but you know what would be great? In AEW, we need to have a final deletion match between Matt Hardy and Jeff Oh, and he gets thrown in the water? And Jeff Jarrett gets thrown in the water, and he just constantly comes out as different versions of Jeff Jarrett. Um, I don't want to stop talking about that, but there's... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was just going to say, I saw something taped on the back of the guitar. Dude, he held it up, and Pyro just came out of the fucking guitar. Is that what that was? Oh, my God. This is stupid as shit. Oh, my God, there is something taped on the back of that. It was the pyro that just came out. Jesus Christ. 
Well, we're doing our introductions here. Um, I like that idea a lot. The thing that's funny is that he hasn't outgrown that because every time he returned to WWE, he came out to that awful song and he had the fucking hat on. And it's just, I don't get it. With my baby tonight. No one likes that Jevil Jim, just saying. Well, he didn't even sing it. I'm just, you know, I I was just really excited to see Sting and Jarrett uh, at full gear once again. It's like Bound for Glory 2006 all over again. (sighs) Spoiler alert, apparently. Can you believe that Sting no-sold the guitar shot and then he gave Jarrett the Scorpion Death Drop? On AEW? Yeah, full gear. That was November 19th. Oh, right. Yeah. Because we're definitely not recording this well before then, but whatever. No, dude. I already watched the show. And Jeff is the champion. He weighed in this morning. Since May 26, 2004, he's been undefeated, undisputed, heavyweight. Champion of the world. The king of the mountain. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Who's going to be the champion? Oh, now we got another fucking video package. Jesus. Turning points. Yeah, we know, guys. December 5th. Okay. Can the Canadian Destroyer. Destroyer. Oh, God. Maybe not. We'll see. Tune in. December 5th at Turning Point. (sighs) And then there's a cage match. Oh, man. I didn't know. Did you know that whoever loses, they can't team together? Ever again. Ever Ever. Wow. No reunions, no nothing. Oh, what's this? A six-man tag. Macho Man's in TNA? I can't believe this. He's teamed up with AJ and Jeff Hardy to take on the Kings of Wrestling, Nash Hall, and Jarrett. And Jarrett, of course, is the NWA World Champion for now. It very well could change. Ooh, what a thunk. And here we go. Monty Brown's got his ribs taped up. I'm sure Jeff Jarrett is going to go right after that. And Dallas is right. There is a half-hour time limit. But guess what? This match, or the show, has 12 and a half minutes left. So We're showing this match to a conclusion. So within the next 12 minutes and 20 seconds, there's going to be a winner. Yeah, bullshit. Even if they go long, they ain't going long. I don't know, dude. Anything's possible. It will conveniently somehow break free. They'll break free of the uh, constraints and they'll be victorious. Oh, Jeff Jarrett gets tossed across the ring. Out of an atomic, atomic drop. And Jeff Jarrett can't believe it. He's like, wow, that guy's strong. I feel like this match should have happened at the asylum. Oh, yeah, I did. Definitely. Jeff Jarrett is now the champion for nothing. I think the asylum would have ate this shit up. Yeah, they would have. 
We wanted Monty Brown. Over the shoulder. No sell on the ribs still. Just punch him in the ribs, Jeff. Jeez. Put him in the ropes. Shoulder block. Take that, Jeff. Comes out. Take it, Jeff. Another shoulder block. Shoulder block again. All right, Brown hammering away on Jeff Jarrett in the corner. Oh, elbow. I gotta say, this is a quicker Jeff Jarrett match than we're used to, I feel like, already. Yeah, I just give it time, though. We'll, we'll end up in the crowd. Continues to work over Mountain Brown in the corner. Rams him into the corner, face beers. See, we're slowing down a little bit. Did Tanae just say the stroke is one of the best finishers in the wrestling today? Well, I mean, to be fair, we do know from the best damn wrestling event period that it is the number one finisher in TA. Right. It was what number one. Yeah. How could I forget? All right, round ducks under, goes for a press slam, and down goes Jared. He's ready. He's ready to get him up. Monty Brown has been dreaming of this moment. From the day he was a little kid, this was his dream to fight Jeff Jarrett on Impact on FSN. December 3rd, 2004. Oh, Monty Brown fell to the floor, hit the ring steps, and then is holding his ribs. We need to take a break. Don't go anywhere. We have another video package for you, I'm sure, in just a second. Yeah. Guess what? And guess what it is? <laughs> it's the turn. same, same exact turning point. Turning one. point. Live Check that exclusively. Out. Oh my god! Yeah, exhibition title match. You're not going to believe this, but Petey Williams is still defending the title against Chris Sabin. I can't believe it. History is made. Losing team must split forever. Six sides of steel, triple X, and AMW. It's crazy. Guess what? There's a six man tag match. <laughs> it's Nash, Hall, and Jarrett. They're still fighting Macho Man, AJ, and Jeff Hardy. That's unbelievable. Check out TNAWrestling.com for more information. Here we are back, and Jarrett is ramming Monty Brown into the guard railing back first, and that's hurting his ribs. Gets him back mm -hmm. into the ring. Jarrett making sure he's looking at the hard cam as he chokes mm -hmm. Monty Brown with no rope, and he's going to leap and splash. And that's Dallas's favorite wrestling move. Wow, saying move, actually. He's doing it three times. Four yeah, times. How okay. about that? Yeah, okay. It might, that might be it. We have the head wiggled in the strut, but not facing the hard cam. Oh, see, that's... Oh, there Oh, it is. okay. Yeah, turn around. Ain't I great? Ain't I great? You could have pinned him after those three splashes.
Nine Brown staggering around. Jeff Jarrett rams him into the corner again. Oh, boy. That one hurt so bad. Monty Brown had to spit to the floor. Rams him again in the corner. The wind is, is completely knocked out of him. The time limit in the match is uh, got 22.48 left in it. And in the show, we have just under seven minutes left. So do the math. Jared yeah. crotches Monty Brown on the top rope. Puts him in the tree of whoa. Oh, yeah, but Monty Brown's is his like hooked on the middle rope. Ooh, that's uh, got to be fucking killing him. I don't know. It is. It's on the middle instead of like on the top. Is it? Look at it. Dude, no, it's he, on the top. No, it's, it's top. not. It's hooked on. Well, the, I'm saying his foot is hooked on the middle rope. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Instead of like under the top turnbuckle. Right. That's all right. That's okay. He could have just tore his, his ACL. It's fine. fine. No big deal. Oh, into the ropes. Ducks the clothes on. And Jeff just had... Okay, he's putting a bear hug on him. Well, he jabbed his shoulder in, though, first. Yeah, but now he's got a, now he's got a bear hug. And that's devastating. Not a surprise. Yeah, not a surprise that Jarrett would do a move like the bear hug. Right. Concentrates all of his power on the injured area. Everybody knows that Jeff Jarrett is one of the strongest uh, professional wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. Oh, my Brown, he's he might be passing out. Because of that injured ribs. But my Brown... He is not giving up. He's like, oh, I'm going to get out of this. He's punching himself in the head like he's Ken Shamrock. Oh. We're showing this in entirety. FSN says we are staying with this match until it's over. Double underhooks overhead suplex. There's no way that this show is going over the hour. They got permission. He just got word. I guarantee you, if I was, you know, if this was real time, that this match is over by like 358. <laughs> like, oh, so we don't have to go over. That's crazy. All right. See you at turning point. I'm lying around hammering away, making a comeback. Sends Jared uh-huh. to the corner, Jared. Oh, he got caught. And power slam. What is he? The British Bulldog? Go for the cover. One, two. No, three. no. Damn. Damn it. Damn it. Here we go. Iron Brown, middle rope. And he blocks a boot. Okay, Jared was supposed to roll over, I think. Yeah, he did. Oh, he headbutts him in the groin. Okay, that was a silly one to go for a cover for, but. Don't worry about it, Browns. We're seconds away from having a new champion, it said. Knee lifts the gut. Another one. My Browns caught him. And Alpha Bomb. Yep. Oh, right in the middle of the ring. That could be it. One, two. 
Oh, Jeff Jarrett kicks out of it because, of course, he kicks out of it. No one else is kicked out of it. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but regardless. This is bullshit. Of course, you would kick out of it. Ducks under. Off the ropes. Goes for a crossbody, but Monty Brown catches him. And a follow-away slam. Oh. But it, uh, he hits the referee, Rudy Charles. Rudy, come on. Damn it, Rudy. This is an Andrew Thomas kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Jeff's got the guitar, but now with the uh, fucking pyro thing attached. And oh, he smashes Monty over the head. Monty. Takes a knee, though. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not like knocked out. Is he up? He must be. Oh, yeah, shit. Jeff can't believe it. What the hell? Kicks him. Twist. The stroke. Stroke. He hits the stroke. Fuck off. No way. Come on. Kick out. One. Two. He oh, kicks out. Shit. He powers out. Mari Brown, it's freaking Sting 1998. He will not stay down. It's Goldberg circa 99. Which is probably bad because Goldberg really didn't win the title. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Jared, jab, jab, punch. All right, Brown's like, screw you. That doesn't even hurt. Nothing. Shake the ropes like you're out in the warrior. Pounce. Yeah, block, punch, block, punch, punch, punch. This is like a Sega game. All you can do is punch. Oh, Scott Hall's Punch. out here, but he got knocked down. Where's Kevin Nash? Scott Hall was wearing his ring boots still there, bright red. Oh, the pounce! Right. Oh, the pounce! Not really a great one, but that's a DQ. Rudy? That's a fucking DQ. He didn't call it yet. I don't think he's going to call it. Pounce. That more is just a collision. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jeff Jarrett's got the chair, even though that should have been disqualification because Scott Hall hit him. How does Rudy Charles not hear that sound twice? There you go. Jeff Jarrett's got the cover. One, two, three. Man. Okay. See, now that's bullshit. Because, like, Rudy Charles should have just called the disqualification. You save the fucking pinfall loss. It's cl- obviously not clean because of all the bullshit, but come on. I like that <laughs> only Scott Hall came out. <laughs> that's bullshit. Well, it would have taken Kevin Ash longer to probably get in the ring. Right. Well, Scott Hall just feels like the lackey to me. He's like, okay, can't, he g- grab the camera, Scott Hall. Okay, you're going to run out right now. Uh, well, that's a shame. That, that yeah, um, I can't say I'm surprised, but yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, He's looking up at something. It's on the screen. AJ? Oh, AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy are laid out. Oh, that's where Kevin Nash was. Fantastic. Oh, Randy Savage is with him, though. Oh, there's someone in the background. Oh, what? What kind of ending is that? What the heck? Okay, so Randy Savage checks on them, and then a car is, like, speeding up towards Randy. Is he going to, like, hit him with the car or something? We're never going to know. We'll never, we'll never find out. Um, okay. So. Okay. I'm not, I'm not nearly as mad about Monty Brown losing that like I thought I would. Um, 
I just I just would have called the DQ. Rudy Charles should have not been in the position that he was in. Right. So I think that's what kind of bugs me there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I you know I agree. I um, I mean, and it, the thing that sucks is like they just put the match on in a bad like this is a bad place for that match. Yeah. I mean, that's that's for me. That's kind of like what it comes down to is like, well, I wanted him to win, but he probably should have got a shot at a different time. Right. So, yeah, way, it is, it is way, what it is. Way too many uh, video packages, like the same video package. Yeah, and I guess it's, I mean, I think that's a lot, even if there's commercials, but it's a lot more, it's a lot worse now that we aren't watching it with commercials. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, but I thought it was a, a good episode of Impact still, uh, especially for Go Home. I do think that, Weird that they didn't necessarily feature Randy Savage too much on this one. But I guess though they were knocked out. Everyone was knocked out in the back, so Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not surprised that there wasn't a whack. But you know what? That's another date though for Randy Savage that's used up. Well no, that one it's on the same day. Remember it's taped, so it doesn't Yeah, but isn't the same day of which it's aired? It counts as a date? I would say no, because they only brought him in on one day and used film one day right i think it's different i think it's different when you're like you appear on there that's the difference here people who are like kazarian we'll just use him for an example if he appeared on last week and this week he's getting paid for two dates even though he only worked one date randy savage his deal is you have eight dates we happen to use you multiple times and really it's like a pre-tape okay i see what you're saying so all right which so also might be, be like he was 16. Right. Okay. That's fair. I'll allow it. Uh, all right. Well, we... Okay, I would say overall that was not a bad show. Right? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, yeah. So, going into Turning Point, similar to what we did with like Victory Road, uh, I believe we know the majority of the matches. Uh, I'm pretty sure we know, like, almost every single one of them. Well, I know one of them is not announced from the card that I'm looking at. Right, so... Which, realistically, the match... I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say it, but there's been absolutely zero promotion on television for it, so it's probably just a random ad. That's what I'm thinking, too. So it doesn't you know, really have any semblance of uh, importance here. But on the show, uh, obviously, with the 18 times we've been reminded on the show, <laughs> uh, there's a losing team must split up steel cage match. Uh, steel cage match. Six sides of steel, of course. AMW taking on Triple X. Six-man tag. AJ, Jeff Hardy. Macho Man against the Kings of Wrestling, which is Nash Hall and the NWA World Champion Jeff Jarrett. The X Division t- Championship match. PD Williams defending against Chris Saban. It's the Destroyer against the Cradle Shot. Can Chris Saban counter it? Well, guess what? He can and he has. And he's pinned and he's also pinned from him. doing it. So all those questions have literally been been answered. Can he do it on television? But then he but then he oddly lost on the go home show. Right. And he lost to Kid Cash, which makes no fucking sense but whatever uh diamond Dallas page taking on raven big in-ring debut there really it's kevin nash's right. and Randy savage's in-ring debuts as well so i that's mean there's true. 
That's a lot. But so those first four matches that I just noted, that is a strong four. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of, hey, they could be pretty good. But we're not done. We have the Serengeti survival match, which will be Monty Brown against Abyss, which is pin, submission, or being slammed onto thumbtacks. Right. We know the six-man tag match, right? They don't. I don't think they officially announced, but we've read it from the Observer and stuff. Okay. So um, yeah, I I'm going to say I'm going to say we we do. Okay. So from the Observer from the Observer, we have uh, Kazarian, Kid Cash, and Michael Shane taking on Hector Garza, Sanjay Dutt. And Sonny Siaki. And that's all and because the, of that, all that coconut situation. The coconut situation. Right. And then NWA Tag Team Champions, Three Life Crew, which is going to be Ron Killing substituting for Conan and BG James defending against Team Canada, which would be Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Uh, those are all the matches that are announced. And again, there's one match that is not announced. And we're not going to say it. You know, You'll have to what, tune in next week to, to find in. out. Yeah, don't you dare Google the match card and figure it out from what we just said, okay? No, wait a week. Yeah. And by wait. a week, I mean two days. Yeah, they don't have to wait a week. This shit yeah. comes on two days. Listen. It comes on two days. Don't, don't look it up. Just because this show happened 18 years ago does not mean that you need to look right. it up. You can join us for the fun like everyone else. And we're going to yeah. have a fucking lot of fun at Turning Point. We're going to get snacks. Yep. Um, We're going to be chilling. I'm going to have cinnamon rolls. I said that at Vicky Road. I never had cinnamon rolls, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Turning Point, of course. Again, it is going to be uh, at the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. So, Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, December 5th, which means it will be out on a Monday. That's right. Our episode will be dropping on that on a Monday. Can't wait. So get ready for that. Um, Dallas, you got anything else? Or are you ready for some pay-per-view time? Nah, man. Get me out of here so we can watch Turning Point. And I can talk about my box set of DVDs, but other than that, again, can't wait. All right, until Monday in two days for some turning point for Dallas Greeley. I am Bob Klein Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross Line Podcast. Oh, wow.